This past weekend, the Lord, uh, I believe, just began an amazing work in our, in our students and in our youth. And uh, here, so here's what I want to do. If you'll give me 20 minutes, I'm going to, I want to preach, but I'm going to abbreviate and I'm going to change the, the title, not the content. But uh, Pastor Thomas, you thought you were preaching the final closing message to the conference, but I think I am. I think I want to, actually, I think, I, I think I'm going I'm to preach this. Um, and I want to change the title to, uh, to We Got Next. We Got Next. That's what I want to change the title to. I want, I want everybody 18 and under to, to conjure up your three-on-three basketball self and say, We Got Next. Come on, We Got Next. We Got Next. We Got Next. We Got Next. Turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him We Got Next. I don't care what your age. We Got Next. We Got Next. We got next. We got next. All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. Pastor Adam, yeah, stay, stay up here. Stay up here. Um, stay up here. So I'm just going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weave this together here. Hey, speaking, speaking of we got next, speaking of basketball, how's this for transition? Speaking of basketball, how about our Concord Academy Eagle Boys State champions once again, Mr. C and his team. Amazing job. State champs, baby. Y'all, y'all pray for all those other teams that we beat throughout the playoffs. Just we're believing, you know, that God just used us to administer humility to them and just different different fruits of the spirit. <laughs> Maybe we need humility. Maybe I need humility, not we. Um, no, so proud. Mr. Kendor, thank you to you and the administrators and the teachers and the coaches, not just raising basketball champions. You're raising champions for Jesus, and it's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Thomas and all the multipliers. If you see anybody asleep on, uh, in the lobby, it's all the multipliers that gave. Give it up for all the multipliers that lost sleep this weekend. Uh, step in and, and help the next generation. So this is what I, this is what I want to do. I'm not even using my own iPad this morning, so I'm punching in the wrong codes and everything here. Let me, um, let me give you the three quickly. I'm going to give you the three points, and then what we're going to do is I want to bring up everybody 18 and under uh, to this altar, and we're just going to have a moment of blessing and, and praying this forward because we've been speaking about generations, right? But it takes all the generations. It takes all the generations. See what we're happening. Abraham, Abram, Abraham built altars continually. He built altars between Ai and Bethel. And Ai means house of destruction, but Bethel means house of God. And both are very real in our society. If you turn on the news, you see Ai, houses of destruction. If you, do, if you go through the community, it's Ai, right? But just because the enemy is building AI doesn't mean God is not building Bethel. Come on, the Lord is building Bethel. This past, would you show, would you show the, the shots of those students being baptized again? See, while there was war going on and while there was death and destruction going on, students were stepping from death to life. Students were being healed and they were being baptized. I need you to clap like that's your kid up there. I need somebody to believe in this next generation. I need somebody to get excited about what God is doing. We got next. We got next. Somebody say, we got next. We got next. We got next. 
Here's what I know about passing on the next, the, the fire to the next generation because it takes all the generations to get all of the promises and we've been talking about this. It takes coals, right? It takes coals. It takes that new fuel. It takes that new wood. It takes all of the generations. So let me go through this. Let me give you three thoughts. Write these down and we're going to pray for the next generation. The first thing is a sacrifice has to be made. If we're going to pass this forward to the next generation, a sacrifice has to be made. So this is a strange chapter to end our series. But I want to remind you that what in, the, in God's kingdom, what you think are endings are really new beginnings. So when Sarah was 127 years old, she died at Kiriath Arba, which is now called Hebron in the land of Canaan. And there Abraham mourned and wept for her. See, Sarah, this is a strange place to preach out of because Sarah died. But we know from the book of Hebrews that in order for generational promises to be passed on, in order for inheritance to be paid forward, Hebrews 9.16 says that now when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove the person who made it is dead. The will goes into effect only after the person's death, while the person who made is still alive, it cannot be put into effect. See, Sarah gave her, yes, Sarah gave birth to her promise, but Sarah gave ultimately, Sarah ultimately gave her life. And if we are going to pass things forward to the next generation, if we are going to see our nation move from the place of Ai to Bethel, then we have to be willing to sacrifice. Nothing great has ever been gained without a people that are willing to sacrifice. In 1813, the king of Prussia, King William III, was, was fighting a war, and they ran out of money for the war effort. And so what he did is he called people to make a sacrifice, and they began bringing all of their gold, their bracelets, their chains, their necklaces, and they brought them down, and all they got in place of that was a cross. But it became a source of pride for people because they believed in their king so much. It, was, it doesn't matter. It's all worth it for my king and I'm going to take up my cross. I wonder about a church in 2022 that would be willing to lay down anything for their king that believes in their king so much. Here's my gold, Jesus. Here's everything. Here's my reputation. I'm willing to lay it down. Are you willing to lay down your pride? Are you willing to lay down your finances? Are you willing to lay down your reputation? Are you willing to lay down whatever it takes in order to walk away with a cross? I promise you that the cross that you walk away with is worth far more than any bit of gold that could ever be brought to you. Every bit of sacrifice you make is worth it. It's worth it. A sacrifice has to be made. Number two, a price has to be paid. A price has to be paid. And so I'm not going to read this scripture, but basically uh, what happened here is Abraham felt like a foreigner in the land. And so Abraham had to approach the Hittites in the land and say, my wife is dead, but I want to buy this field. I want to buy this field. See, Abraham was living in Canaan, but he had not yet purchased any property in Canaan. There's a difference between living as a renter in your promises and being willing to pay a price to step into your promises. And what happens is too many Christians are renting God's promises and you're allowing the enemy to come in and evict you from your rental property. But you got to say that price has already been paid. 
You got to move from a renter to an owner in the promises of God. So what happened here is the Hittites and everybody, they were willing to give Abraham that property for free. But Abraham said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pay the price. And they said, no, we're going to give it to you for free. And Abraham said, I'm going to pay the price. And I don't, have, I, I, just, I don't understand this. I don't understand Abraham, y'all, because if it's free, it's for me. Like, why is Abraham arguing? At this conference yesterday, Pastor Trey, y'all ordered more pizza than I have ever seen in my life. If you tried to order, did anybody try to order a large pizza from, uh, uh, where'd you get that? From Little Caesars yesterday? They probably said no. And here's the reason. Every Little Caesars pizza was in the student center. Like across, y'all, and it's horrible. It's terrible. I don't think it's even real. You don't need to refrigerate the cheese. Like it's just. But I walked in there. I've never seen so many. I've been in, I've done youth ministry for 10 years. I've never seen so many boxes of pizza. So I walked in there and I grabbed a slice and I made the rounds. This was at noon. Went down, did some errands, went, ran home. Cam and I went down, saw the, the boys win the championship, came back at 6 o'clock. That pizza, that fake pizza had been sitting there all day. All day. But it was the right price. It was free. You better believe your pastor walked out with a large pepperoni pizza under my arm. Come on. Come on. Oven on 350. Pop that thing in. I, I, we ate it all. We ate it all. I, so I don't, under, I don't understand. Abraham, why? Abraham, what, do you do, what are you doing? What are you doing? Paying the price for something. And I don't know that I fully understand, understood what Abraham was doing until I read 2 Samuel chapter 5 and read about King David. This was Abraham's great, 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 great grandson. 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to Babylon, from the exile to Babylon, and 14 generations from Babylon to Christ. And so 14 generations, his 14 great grandson times 14. David steps in to the fullness of his calling, to the fullness of of his anointing at a place that used to be called Kiriath Arba that his great 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 grandfather had paid for had paid for see because the ancestors had paid the price David was able to step into Hebron and step into the fullness of his calling and I wonder what we're paying the price for now so that our kids can step into their destiny and our grandkids can step in and future generations can step into their destiny can you imagine that reunion in heaven of David running up to Abraham because I don't think David I don't think Abraham fully realized what he was doing but David runs up to Abraham and David says thank you for paying the price I'm a result of what you did and there will be people in heaven that you meet for the first time that are going to come up to you and say thank you for paying the price thank you for not giving up thank you for your prayers thank you for your giving thank you for believing in the next generation but then watch this now David has a choice to make 
So David steps into his calling in Hebron, but Hebron wasn't his ultimate calling. Jerusalem was. So you always have to be willing to take new territory for the kingdom of God. Listen to this. You stop growing when you stop changing. There are people who don't change. You know what they're called? Dead. That's what they are. As soon as your body stops, stops changing, you're, you're dead. Your cells are made to replace. Even, even into your older age, the neurons of your brain replace themselves. And so to, in order to continually step into new promises, we have to be willing to step into the change that God has for us. But David has a choice to make in 2 Samuel 24. I know you have the chapter memorized, but for those of you who don't, I'll just rewind the story a little bit. And so God is mad at the people of Israel. So this is, a, this is really strange. Remember there are, what I taught you last week, that there, there will be times when you read Scripture that you won't understand, and you can either ignore it or lean into it. I don't understand what's going on here. I didn't have time to lean into this. But God is mad at the Israelites, and so he incites David to disobey him and take a census in second. Second Samuel 24, you can read the account because God wants to punish the Israelites because of their continual rebellion. So you have that whole process going on there. And so David takes the census and then God gets upset at David for doing this. And God says, David, there's one of three punishments that you can choose. David chooses the plague. A plague happens. Some people die. But God says to David, if you build an altar, if you step in and build an altar and make a sacrifice, I will intervene and stop the plague. And so David then has the opportunity he sees a field but he doesn't own the field and so he approaches somebody else and says can I make a sacrifice in your field and that other person says absolutely you can have the field for free and David says no I gotta buy it and the other person says no you can have it for free and David says no I gotta buy it does this sound familiar at all does this sound familiar at all and so what David does is he makes the statement I will not make a sacrifice to the Lord that which has cost me nothing God wants somebody in the house to know today that he sees you praising through your pain. And that is an amazing sacrifice and it's sweet to heaven. God wants somebody to know today. I believe that we are at a crucial, a, a crucial point in our nation. I believe that the Western church is at a crucial point, and we've got to make a decision. Are we, gonna, are we going to, what are we going to do with our field? Because somebody paid a price for you to step into your field, amen? Somebody paid a price. So are we going to go selfish? Are we going to go inward? Are we going to go into hiding and just let AI overtake? Are we going to let the devil, devil win? Or are we going to step into Bethel and say, because somebody paid a price for me, I'm willing to pay it forward. I'm willing to pay it forward. The next generation is only able to say we got next. If we're willing to say we'll make a sacrifice and we will pay the price. Here's the third thing. The third thing is, is just that. You need somebody to say I got next. I got next. Someone's got to call next. 18 and under, somebody has to call. Somebody's got to call next. Because there was a sacrifice, because there was a price that has, had been paid, there was a permanent transfer of the deed. But what if no one claimed the inheritance? 
What if Isaac said I wasn't worthy? What if Jacob said I'm just going to live as a deceiver? What if Judah said my praise isn't good enough? What if Gideon said it's more comfortable in the wine press? What if Isaiah said I don't want to be criticized? What if Jeremiah didn't step in and weep for a nation? What if Esther didn't risk her reputation and her life? What if Daniel didn't take a stand for righteousness in a wicked Babylonian culture? It always takes a generation to say, we got next. We got next. I pulled up this picture from, it was an Instagram post from one of my friends, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Sr. He pastors, he pastors Trinity Church in Miami, and this is Pastor Rich's son, T.D., Wilkerson, one of his four sons, and he's standing next to a portrait of T.D.'s great uncle, David Wilkerson. Some of you may know the name David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson is the founder of Adult and Teen Challenge. We have a branch of Adult and Teen Challenge here at our, our Dream Center, amazing ministry to those dealing with addiction. And Pastor David Wilkerson also founded Times Square Church right in the middle of Manhattan there, an amazing, amazing church. And so when T.D. had graduated seminary, he went, to, he went into the, the city. And he found, him, he found himself kneeling and just saying, God, if there's anything that my great uncle set out to do and accomplish in this city, but he didn't get to accomplish, would you allow me to step into that? What... What T.D. didn't know, he didn't know this. It's Mark Batterson had interviewed David Wilkerson 20 years earlier. And you know what David Wilkerson had said? He said, you know, I always wanted to go to Harlem, but I was never able to get there. Today, without knowing that part of the story, T.D. pastors a growing, thriving church in the middle of Harlem. In the middle of Harlem. Who's got... See, David, David accomplished some amazing things in his life, but he didn't accomplish it all. Who's got next? Who's got, who's got next? Who's going to step in? Who's going to say, I will be the David. I'll be the Jonathan. I will be in this story that God is writing because it's not our story. It's God's story. What about it? Multiply about it this church I want you to watch this video because I believe that there's some promises of the fathers that we have not yet fully stepped into and I want you to hear this from our founding father our founding pastor Pastor Tom when I was 12 years old uh, my dad had pioneered a church in Gastonia and it was uh, on a piece of property that went down in the back and there was a branch and I played down in that on that hillside in that branch catching crab fish or whatever they were the Lord spoke to my heart and told me that I was going to pastor a church and showed me the kind of property it was going to be the property I was on there was I saw the property in Concord and he told me that it was going to be the largest church in the county. I didn't know what county it was, but it was in the largest church in the county. And then on in the 
thing I was having, he told me that one day the church would have 10,000 people in it. Now that was 71 years ago when God showed me that. And I still believe the 10,000. On, on behalf of Multiply Church, to the Lord for our founding pastor, can we just say, Pastor Tom, we got next. We got next. We got next. Apostles, entrepreneurs, and innovators in the marketplace, prophets, the the evangelists being released in society, the shepherds and the teachers, the fullness of the fivefold gifting. We got next is not about this platform. We got next is about, it's about this. Next gen, if you got, if you got next, we got you. We got you. We will believe in you. We will pray for you. We will sacrifice for you. We will pay the price. We're not, don't get us wrong, we're not stopping. We're not stopping. We're going to continue until, the, until we're 127 years old and take our last breath, until our founding pastor went to be with Jesus last Easter, until we take our last breath. We're going to stay in this. But would you stand all across this auditorium? And as we stand, I just want to invite every, every person, just as a symbol here, 18 and under, every person in the house that's 18 and under, would you just come and would you stand across this altar here? Just go ahead and come from the balcony, come from the sides, come from the, the main floor. All, everybody that's in the house that's 18 and under, would you just come? Would you just come? Yeah, let's just give, give these guys a hand. Go ahead and face me. You can kind of fill in here, guys, and step across here. You can fill in. I wonder if some spiritual mothers and fathers in the house would just surround these. I know they've had a long weekend. I know they've had a lot of prayers prayed over them. But can we just ask, can I ask some spiritual mothers and fathers, some spiritual aunts and uncles, some spiritual grandparents in the house just to gather around? Would you just begin to lay your hands upon these kids? Would you just begin to bless forward? Come on, they got next. They got next. Would you bless them with anointing? Would you bless them with strength? God might give you a word over them. Would you just begin to prophesy over them? Speak life over them. Speak health over them. Speak the power of the Holy Spirit over them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name. The fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, holy anointing, the power of
your stewardship. See, would you just worship? Would you just create an atmosphere? Come on, create an atmosphere where these students can step into their anointing, where they can step into their calling, where they can step into their future. Church, with the faith of Abraham and the strength of Sarah, would you just stretch your arms forth towards this next generation? And would you just take another moment just to bless and release forward in the name of Jesus? God, I pray the spirit of Abraham would rise in the house. I pray spiritual fathers would rise in the house and spiritual mothers would rise in the house. I pray that you would call people right now to children's ministry and youth ministry. I pray that you would call teachers in the house. I pray, Lord, for every teacher at Concord Academy and in the public schools. I pray, God, for the spiritual parents in the house and the moms and dads in the house. And I bless you. I bless you with the spirit of Abraham and the spirit of Sarah that the price you pay and the sacrifice you made is enabling is enabling the next generation to step into their promise 
for 14 generations in the name of Jesus. God, we believe that young Davids are rising up. God, we believe that Esthers are rising up. We believe that Ruths are rising up. Naomi's are rising up. Apostle Paul's are rising up in the house Father, if there's someone in the house today that doesn't have a relationship with you, I'm reminded that, that really we say this stories about Abraham and Sarah and David and us. Really, it's about Jesus. The ultimate sacrifice was made by Jesus for us. The price was paid by Jesus for us. And we are only able to say we got next through Jesus. So with heads bowed and eyes closed across the auditorium, if there's somebody, you would say, Pastor, I'm, I'm far from God. I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but today I need to step into that with every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you, but would you just lift up your hand? Come on in the balcony, all across on the floor. Anybody that just say, Pastor, I need to get right with Jesus. I'm away from Jesus and I need to get right. Today is my day. I need salvation. I need salvation. You can just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Anybody online? Church, let's just pray this together. A hand didn't go up, but I don't know that in their heart somebody may still not have the faith to pray this prayer. So if that's you, if you know you're not right with Jesus, if you need to step into a right relationship with him, as I pray this prayer out loud, we will always, at every every service in Multiply Church, we're going to give people a chance to say yes to Jesus. So if that's you today, just say something like, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I come to the cross. I believe you died for me and rose again. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and to come into my heart so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. And it's in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Come on, one more time. Say, I got next. Say, I got next. Say, I got next. Come on, give him a shout of praise in the house.